Hi guys, this is Lucy Spraggan and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. I don't need time to think it over Cause I've been thinking most my life Alright, what's up everyone? Welcome back to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your host Sunny along with a very special guest, English singer, songwriter and an advocate for a positive mental health, Lucy Spraggan. Quite the honor. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. Lucy, this is an important yet exciting time here in the month of February for you with the release of your six studio album choices. I can't believe six is, I mean, you're at this point now in your career and is set to drop on the 26th on Cooking Vinyl. And congratulations on all of the wellness of recognition it's been getting so far, especially with like just a handful of singles, you know, Flowers, Animal, Roots, Run, Sober. There's just so much to unravel about all this. But before we get to all that, how about we just start this off with a very important question, but a simple one, considering what we just talked about in the pre-interview. If you were a Spice Girl, what would your name be? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, which Spice Girl would you be? Which is easy for me because I love like working out. I'd be Sporty Spice. Okay, so that's that That counts as an answer. Now, what would you be if you had your, if you could invent your own name? <laughs> I'd probably just have to be like Spraggy Spice. <laughs> That's actually pretty good because there's because you wouldn't know like exactly what it meant like right off the bat, you know. No, they'd, be, they'd have to they'd then have to learn my name. So there we go. There you go. There's a mystery behind it. Just 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 there's so much. It, you're so spraggy. That's gonna be a verb. You know, that's like <laughs> you 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 don't you actually have to like look it up in the dictionary. Like what it is, it becomes we an actual. We should put it in <laughs> Urban Dictionary. Yeah. So if Webster's listening, this is gonna be like on major podcast streams. So I'm sure Webster's gonna hopefully get their hands on this. You know. Lucy, uh, obviously, you know, this has been just a crazy time for all of us. I mean, I'm going to ask another important question. How are you? I think that's just a very, it's a simple question, but I think it's an important one to ask considering where we are at, at our lives at this point, you know, how's life in the UK right now? Well, the weather here is awful, but nothing is new there. <laughs> um, but it's, it makes it a lot more difficult. We are currently locked down as an, a nation. Um, so this is our third one of those where we're not allowed to do anything, not really allowed to leave the house. Yeah. Given that, I'm okay. Um, I do a lot of fitness things. I mean, there is no music going on. Apart from, you know, releasing an album, there's no live music anywhere. And there hasn't been for just about a year now. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> I mean, I'm as okay as, I mean, doing interviews, you know, talking to amazing people like you, it's kind of kept me sane, so to speak. And we're almost, uh, you know, a year removed from the live concert experience, which is, I can't believe I'm even saying those words, but here we are in 2021. <laughs> I still think it's like 2020 sometimes just because how long we've just been stuck in that year. I keep forgetting it's a brand new year. I don't know if yeah. you feel the same way, kind of just that, that mundane type of, I don't know. I don't know. I like, does that feel like that? Like you've that it just, year? it just feels like everything is the same as when it started. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like nothing has really changed. And I guess for both of our countries, that is the case because instead of, you know, nipping it in the bud and getting it under control, it's very much out of control. Um, and, and, you know, as the two, two countries that are quite similar, we, have really dealt with this really badly well we haven't our governments <laughs> have and yeah, um that's true so you know i mean i'm the same as you like i'm 
as uh, I've really found a lot of peace and solace in fitness um, and other people have found it in different areas. And I'm just really glad that I did find it. Yeah, I'm glad you did too. And I do want to touch on that fitness just a little bit later on here, but being away from the stage a lot as of late, like we're talking about, how are you keeping up your vocals and, you know, guitar playing these days? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for your routine wise lately, if at all? Well, I did a live stream show in December and it was really funny because I listened back and it's so pitchy. <laughs> but <laughs> it was, I, how, I was, how was that? Experience? I was, I was wondering like how the live concert experience is for the artist. Well, I didn't want to do mine pre-recorded. Like I was very much against pre-recording it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it took a lot of effort. We had it fully live. So we, I was receiving questions from an audience who were at home through my in-ears. So the sound engineer was asking questions into my ears live on stage. So in, instead of audience applause, I just had, oh, Julie in uh, <laughs> south of England asks this question. So it was good. It was really good. And it reminded me of what I love, but it wasn't the full. Yeah. I mean, I know what makes Lucy Spragan Lucy Spragan is the live experience, live, live atmosphere that you exhibit when you're on stage. I mean, and you've been at this for 10 years, Lucy. I mean, I mean, 2011, you can even trace it all the way back to performing opening mic shows, you know, in the UK. And you're obviously the experience on the X Factor in 2012. So having said all that with you, with you, just, how you just describe the live streaming how was the live experience touring life for you personally? Because, you know, you've done some extensive touring throughout your career, Lucy. You, you played at, you know, South by Southwest, like we talked about, which Austin, which is about three to four hours away from where I am. You played at Glastonbury. You played at Kendall Calling. You've even shared the stage with Melissa Etheridge for crying out loud, you know. And now we're all kind of just taking like, and, you know, an unexpected step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Because we're talking culture, fans, even the food, so many things. I was talking to um, a, a merch a merch seller who I'm good friends with, who's worked for me before, um, and we were discussing this. I don't appreciate it anymore because I loved it. I loved yeah. it, and I've always loved it, and it's always been my favorite thing, my joy, and my life. And so we were saying it's funny that you know you see a few people say, "Oh, I'm going to appreciate it more." But, oh, man, did I appreciate it at the time. I used to I used to actively sit, and especially when I was in another country, or I would take a moment to say, this is what I do. This is amazing. And you know, I, I played uh, Manchester Academy, which is a venue that I've always wanted to play, like kind of a home crowd, to like 3,500 people. Um, on my last headline tour and I, I cried on stage like because I get so it overwhelms me yeah and I feel like I, I'm actually quite happy to say that there's nothing I could have done more you know that I yeah. can't I don't look back and say I wish I said yes to that show because I, I have said yes to every show since I played my first show when I was 12 years old like there have been no times that I've said no so I guess it's not about, it's just a very strong feeling of, uh, like, I, mi- I miss it more than mm-hmm. anything. But yeah. I couldn't have done more, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and 
again, I appreciate the music that you've done. Like you, you went on such an amazing path to get to where you are right now. And I don't know how the schedule was for you before the pandemic. I was at a show every week <laughs> and, you know, now we're just like, here we are. Um, and something that has been a popular topic of discussion on interview under fire. And you've seen this for the last, you know, we're, I guess I'm going to say a year now is live streaming, which you just did. And we've had a lot of other artists on the show. They talk about their live streaming experience, how they would, you know, sell virtual tickets to fans. And then they would, you know, sometimes they would pre-record a show and they would display it for the fans or do what you did, you know, do just do on the go and just take the, you know, the cues from the headphones and see what, where you end up. But with the, all the experience that you've taken in Lucy throughout your career, you know, the m- many venues that you played in the fan experience, the cultures that you've just, you know, that just overwhelmed you, just the feelings that you have. Do you think that the quarantine induced live streaming surge that we're seeing right now from all these artists that's, you know, popping up left and right, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward in your eyes? Like, do you still see bands, I don't know, doing this even after all this is over? Uh, I guess if they like it. Um, hmm. I, I, I guess I get, well, there already are platforms where you can sign up and you can do a live stream from your living room. I can't because my internet is so slow. Like that is <laughs> purely the reason why. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been able to. But I think the the drive when we are allowed to be back on the road, I would dare say you can add an extra quarter of your regular capacity to your shows without hesitation. Yeah. Because I so I've been playing shows since I was 12, yeah. People always say to me, "What what was the first live show you went to or like what was the last band you watched live i'm like i have no idea because <laughs> all i do is play shows yeah. and now i'm like i'm gonna go and watch live music because generally when i watch live music all i can see is like when someone breaks a string or when a guitar tech is freaking out or when someone's pedal doesn't work that's what i see when i watch a live show i i can't see it without the inner workings yeah in, in I can a way kind of always see the the person pulling the strings yeah in a way that's i think that also makes the live experience what it is because you get to see almost like what happens behind the set it gives a whole different atmosphere as opposed to you know doing what we are on screen that's a whole different thing of course i have the liberty to march in my room if i want to but how much longer can i do that for (laughs) (laughs) and i think the point is the thing that you can't uh replicate is the feeling in a room you can't regardless of the live stream or how well you portray it, you can't get that feeling of bodies in a room because there's something very magical about that. And, and I've always said that the, the power that is created by people designating their love, their screams, their shouts, their hands in the air, their song, there's nothing that rivals that. And there's no right or wrong answer to what you just said. I really like that answer because I've had some artists who say, yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It still allows me a way for me to engage with my fans. And some artists would say, oh, I'm not doing anything until this is over. You know, so it, you never know because you, you you put it right on the head right there because, uh, I mean, making the best of the situation is easier said than done. And some artists are doing it. Some artists aren't. And, and who knows what's going to happen down the road. There's always that uncertainty. But let's talk about something that is for certainty is, you know, Lucy, you are a big advocate for, you know, positive mental health, like I mentioned earlier. And it's something that you take to heart. You went through and talked about your relationship with alcohol, anxiety, depression, and struggle with moderation, all all kinds of things. It's not an easy subject. 
to just discuss out into the open. I, I totally get that. And being a person myself who also deals with mental health, you know, it's just an inspiring thing to see you with your upbringings to take the helm on something as tender and impactful like this. And you started fully rewired. And I, I want to touch base on the fitness aspect of that again. And based, and that is based on fully, fully rewired for my listeners who don't know that is based on changing, you know, the lifestyle, making things clearer, becoming healthier. It's just everything you want to pass on to other people. So what was your biggest personal takeaway from that experience? Well, I had, like you say, a rough time. I mean, I've, I've abused alcohol for as long as I remember or don't remember, (laughs) but I started drinking when I was like 12 um which isn't that rare in the UK um and it was always just a bad time but I didn't know any different I never lived my life without it and I my life kind of ended up getting very well I sort of hit a fork in the road I was married but I was also on tour for like 13 months in a row I was trying to like maintain a home life but at the same time maintain my actual life which is being on the road and and I was drinking to forget about the fact that I had all these problems and when I realized that I was doing that I went out one night about two bottles of Jameson's I woke up in the morning and I just said I'm not doing this anymore I'm just not doing it and I quit drinking then and that was the last time I had a drink that was like 18 months ago Wow, congrats. That's 18 months over. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. And, and so it just not, I, I stopped drinking and about six months in, I went to Vegas with my friends and we, so that's a big test of sobriety going to Vegas. And <laughs> yeah, right. we all, we all went out till like six in the morning and I, I went to bed and I couldn't sleep and something just said to me, you need to get some shoes on and some shorts and you need to run. And I had never run in my life. Let me tell you, just, I always say I would run towards an ice cream van and away from the police. I still would. I still would do that. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know from then on, I started running. I hated it. And then I started to do it. I did it every day and I started to learn about discipline. I started being more conscious about what I was eating I lost about 50 pounds um and everything that I did was born from wanting to be better and and that's why my plan is called fully rewired it's because somehow I managed to rewire the way my relationship with myself Mm -hmm. in turn which was my relationship with food with other people with alcohol drugs anything I could use as a crutch and um yeah that's that's me (laughs) yeah and how can uh my listeners how can they find fully rewired like on the internet do they just search it is there a website fully rewired.com or just have to check out instagram yeah yeah and uh I know you like Ben and Jerry's ice cream and I love Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> I have I have I have a, the vegan version of Ben and Jerry's. I think it's cooked the PB and cookies that's sitting in the fridge right now. Oh, I don't know. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where I read that, but as soon as I I I knew that you like Ben and Jerry's, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be great. Like this is perfect. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, Lucy, we've touched everything from top to bottom. I promise we'll talk about choices right now. The sixth album coming out February 26th on cooking vinyl. 
And this is the follow-up to 2019's Today Was a Good Day. Now, when I heard this album, it was, you know, with, with your sound, Lucy, it was just a blended fusion of folk pop, indie pop. There's acoustics. It, I mean, this was as good as it gets when it comes to singer-songwriter. And I mentioned the songs earlier, you know, Flowers, from to Sober, to Heartbreak, to I Spent the Night in the Desert, to Wild, to Why Don't We Start From Here. It took me to a whole new dimension within your songwriting. And at a time like this, it was perfect for something like Choices to come to the surface. It was very moody, very atmospheric. And you said it yourself. You said you wanted it to be an earthy, gritty sound for some songs. And like you said, you spent a lot of time in America and you wanted it to represent that like desert rat, Mustang, driving down desert roads kind of feel. And I'm like, this is exactly like what it is. Like, I I mean, of course, I, it's funny because I'm actually going to Austin in a couple of days. This will be a perfect album to just put on as I'm driving down. And uh, I don't know what the pandemic is going to be. Hopefully it's like empty roads. It'll be the perfect atmosphere. You know, having said all that, how much did things change from when you first started composing on this album to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change in between? Was there already a specific sound you knew you wanted with choices? It's funny. Um, I mean, I, I spent a night in the desert is a song about that trip to Vegas. Yeah. Where, where I discovered run. I actually ran the morning after that. <laughs> that was like a, we stayed in a tiny house in the middle yep. of the desert about an hour out of Vegas. And, and it was beautiful. And, and even then I like, I hired a Harley that trip and I drove through the Valley of fire. Uh, like I just rode down on a Harley with my friend on the back. And in my mind, we're listening to like, we're listening to like born to be <laughs> as we're driving through the desert. And in my mind, I knew that like, I I wanted that I wanted I wanted it to sound like what the Valley of Fire looks like. Yeah, and Fire. it did. It was perfect. And and I just I I think I knew because of the amount of time I'd spent in America. Like I I just love I love American culture, and um, that's why I wanted it to sound like. I'm so it's a huge compliment that you think it does. I like how I spent an island in a desert is taken from a simple memory you had with one night with your best friends in Vegas, which is when you tell somebody that like, oh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? Nope, that's <laughs> not the case. It's so totally different way around. I mean, this is actually out in the open. You're actually getting your just getting your spirit out there, what you actually felt at the moment. And I, I love that. It was just an ode to your best friends. And with choices, you did record this in Scotland. Am I correct? I did. Right. Now, as far as like production and mixing, mixing and mastering, who did you go to for that? Did you have a team together? Was there already a specific person you already had in mind when it came to putting that part? So uh, I write with a guy called Joe, who's in a band called Catlin Kane, um, who you should definitely check out. They're amazing. Definitely will check um, out. They're, they're siblings and they sing like these amazing harmonies. They're amazing. And so they had produced their record with Pete Hamilton. And I just love the sound of the record. So I basically, in true me fashion, was like, hey, Pete, want to do my record? <laughs> um, Danton Supple mixed it, who is an amazing mixer. Um, we recorded it during a pandemic. So yeah. normally I would be sitting behind a producer saying, I don't like that. <laughs> but instead, he really built the tracks. He would build a skeleton of a track and then he'd send it to me and then I'd kind of, give my opinion on it and we we build it that way it was done very much online and then to record the vocals we were 
in lockdown. So I had to travel up to Scotland in my camper van, stay in, <laughs> in my camper van till I got to a cottage where I recorded the vocals in isolation and then came back down. That almost sounds like Vegas vibes again, like kind of just like, right? Truly. Yeah. Like this whole experience has been semi-magical, even though it's been in like it's entrenched in quite a lot of sadness and despair or some of it has been quite magical. I mean, I think it's easy to look back to the year 2020 and say, okay, this was the pandemic album. You know, I, I think it's easy to like just fall back on that. But Lucy, look at the things that we're talking about. I think it was just a way for you to even grow even more that you may have not tapped into before. Well, I mean, when we first had to stop and the whole world stopped and those first three months, I was like, I don't know who I am without touring. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had no idea who I was without this thing that I do. And I didn't know how to turn on things in my house because <laughs> I I don't live here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, I it's, know how uh, to turn on the tour bus on the TV, <laughs> uh, the, the TV on the tour bus. But we, I don't yeah, know how having to, to learn, away. like, stay inside. I remember, like, the first month of quarantine. This I was like, this is great. And then after, like, two months, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to figure some things out here. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's a total trip. And, you know, you have a song like Flowers, which is about, finding your new bit of confidence and looking after your own self, not having to rely on others. Then you have a song like Roots, which is realizing realizing who you are is one of the most powerful things you can do. And we, of course, we talked about I spent a night in the desert. So having said that, to what level do you like to have a theme for your music, Lucy? Is that more about helping you write or sound or is that more for the audience? Like how important are themes to you? I think theme-wise, all of my songs, they regardless of whether they're in first person or third person, the narrative is always about like perseverance and keep, keep on going. And it's, it's about like, it's about, well, this one is very much, this album is funny because the theme is like, don't mess with me. Yeah. And don't, <laughs> don't let, don't let people mess with you. And that's the first time that that has been the theme, but the theme is important because the music, the music reflects how I feel. So it, it's important because I want people to know how I feel with my album. And I want, I, I want them to be able to relate to it. I think this, remember, remember when I said earlier how this album just is, it's coming out at the right time because you can stay in lockdown for so long and you kind of have to find a way to wake yourself up from that because you can get into that lifestyle. Remember, I think we briefly talked about it. You, there's like a specific line. You're just like, okay, day one, day two, day three. Now you're like at day 365 and then choices. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like that this album kind of like just wakes you up from that. Like, okay, I can't let, you know, whatever's happening in the world take me down. You know, I want to be able to persevere. And this is a really good message that- It's, it's interesting yeah. that you say it because I wrote so much of it before lockdown <laughs> but but I was locked down by a lot of things like I there are songs on there about my divorce there are songs on there about getting sober about finding fitness I had already locked myself in and I just got out and then then the physical lockdown happened like mentally this album is about being released from being locked in by myself yeah it's a 
whole different perspective, but it actually has, I think it has a bigger impact than, I mean, just what's on the surface. And uh, I, yeah, yeah, you nailed it on the head. Do you see, you know, choices now that you're talking about this, do you see choices as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life looking back? 100%. Like, it's actually kind of chronological in how my mental workings when it starts kind of moody and sad and confused is the first like five songs up until if I had a God, like that song is literally saying, if I had religion, would this be a, an easier experience for me? God, I love that song. That's a great and song. It, and, yeah. and at that point I was so upset and confused in life that I was trying to reach out. Like mm-hmm. if, if you are there, come on, this is the time I need you. And then as the album progresses, it's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm finding myself. I'm an animal. And then, like, you better get your gun. And then, you know, the last song is why don't we start from here? And so, yeah, it's that chronological. Yeah, it started off not so great, but now it's a brand new start and it's a new beginning. And, like, this is where I am. You know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we have already discussed about, whether it's open mic shows in the UK to the heavily impactful X Factor appearance, you know, uh, to, to touring the UK and the US and beyond, being an ambassador for mental health, rebuilding yourself while having six albums under your decorated arsenal of music. You know, Lucy, what is the most rewarding part for someone like you who is now at this point in their career? At the same time, hasn't been, has been involved with so many other different aforementioned brilliant artists, organizations, people throughout that timeline. And you've experienced so much already. You, I don't even think you're 30 yet. Is that right? Like you, this is uh, not even, yeah. I just now, you know, reached 30 recently and I can't believe I'm even saying that, you know, <laughs> do you ever take, you ever stop to just take a look back at how far you've come? I've, I started to do that like this year. Well, last year, because I've spent so long chasing my own tail of being like, this isn't good enough. I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to do more. And I have a few like musician friends who, who still play in the pubs and they still do in the club circuit. And they, in the past, you know, I'll be complaining about something or something that I, I must do. And they've said, Luce, look at what you have done. And I always used to be like, that's nothing because I kind of have, like imposter syndrome I never really believed I did any of that it was all pot luck like it was all just the it, it just arrived none of it was yeah. my hard work and um, up until last year and I I did I sat there and I I listened to the the six albums and I like I've been looking back at videos of shows and I think like wow like I played Glastonbury to tens of thousands of people and they came to watch my show. And, and so, yeah, I get, I, I, I do now I do look that's, and I think that's okay. It is okay because at the same time, you know, I always, I fall into that trap sometimes thinking, you know, I, I've done a hundred shows of this, you know, obviously. And, and again, I, I wouldn't be here today without your music, but it's, it's important to stay humble. But to what extremity, you know, does that humble sit with you? You know, it's like, oh, you did a great job on this. Like, oh, my God, Sonny, you did such a great job on the podcast. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm OK. You know, it's I, I don't know. You always, you don't mean that. No, but it's subconsciously, hard. It's yeah, really hard. Yeah. Subconsciously, you fall into that trap 
And then you walk away from that conversation, just talking to yourself, like, why did I say that? I'm actually pretty good. I don't know. Yes. I, you ever feel like that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think that is, that is being an artist, isn't it? It's some days you are great. And when you're on stage, you're the best. And then sometimes you're alone and you think, oh, no, I, I'm not very good. Yeah. And then it's just a cycle. It's a perpetual cycle of that. But I, <laughs> humility is very, very important. And yeah. And there are all different ways of being. And some people forget that you can really appreciate your own work and be humble at the same time. And, and it's hard. It, it is. is hard to appreciate. It, it is. You know what I'm thinking of? You know what I'm thinking of? I, you know, you level with me on this because what is that? You, you get the invite to a party, but you're not going to go to the party. You just want the invite. <laughs> and yeah. It's like, it's kind of like the same mindset. It's like, I want you to tell me I'm doing good, but I'm going to deny it anyway. But please keep it on. Keep going. It's like <laughs> a cat. You know how cats really want to, yeah, to be yeah. touched, but, but exactly. they don't. Yeah. Yeah, I adopted a dog, you know, about uh, two years ago, and he acts like a cat. Like he just chooses when to actually show up. You know, it's weird. My dog has like I'm I'm going totally off the rails here, but as far as like like the polarization of just the attitude, yeah, my dog kind of has that same same tendency. Like he just he just wants to be petted and just walks away. It's like no, go away now. I think my dog is part cat, but anyway, that's <laughs> if we're talking about pets. even even worse if he's part artist. Oh my gosh. You know what? He's actually sitting right outside this door. So we'll see what happens when I open it up. Um, Lucy. Okay. So this is the last part of the interview. Again, this has been such a pleasure. This is the last part, unfortunately, but this is my favorite part. What I'm going to do. I do this for a good handful of my guests. It always throws them off. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Hot seat. I'm going to see if you know the lyrics to your own songs. Are you for that challenge? Oh no. Someone that hasn't been on stage for. Hey, listen, long. listen. This is. I love your answer because I've had. I've had some musicians who say, "Oh yeah, you know, I'll get every song," and they get every song wrong. And then some artists would say, "Oh, I'm not going to get any song right," and they get every song right. It happens every time. I promise. And of course, my listeners know how this goes. <laughs> I well, think I'm making. I'm you, worried. I'm thinking I'm making you nervous. You're like relaxing on the back of the couch right now. <laughs> I'm just like, oh gosh. So I didn't pick all the songs. I picked a handful of them. What I'm going to do, I'm going to start you off easy, I promise. I'm going to read a lyric, and you just say the name of the song, okay? Okay. You ready? No. All yeah. right, here we go. You got this. I think I think you got this. I think you got this. I'm, I have confidence in you. Here we go. They say old habits die the hardest. I think I learned mine from the best. Sunrise guilt and sunset shame. Wish I could move and change my name. I'd like some nights I know I won't forget. I love that line. That song is sober. Yep, from choices. And yeah, see, you, all right, you're on a, you're doing good okay, so far. Okay. Here we go. And I'm not going to go in order. That's another thing. Here we go. And this is actually, I, you know, this song was coming. We got the best quality for less in Texas. Two sunsets straight. We learned it's a state you don't mess with. Papa John's with a TV on. Back when summer just begun. My few but favorite memories of Texas. That is one of my favorite songs I ever wrote. It's called In a State. Yeah. Is that from Join the Club? Because I. Yeah. Okay. Because I saw it was also from Top Room at. I saw it on Top Room at the Zoo, like on that. So Top Room list. at the Zoo. Yeah. It, it was on both records because Top Room at the Zoo was. Uh, it, it was produced by me and my friend. And the next oh, one was wow. produced, produced by Columbia Records. <laughs> okay. All right. 
Hey, all right. That's uh, that's. I love that song. I hope you you have to perform that obviously when you're in Texas when you come back. I always do. Here we go. I was the cause of this disease. I am just a selfish person. I will lie. I will deceive. I crave the texture of your skin. I replace you with a memory. Uh, that song is called Coming Down, and it's from We Are. Yep, 2015. That's a great song. <laughs> hey, Thank you're doing you. good. You say you you say you weren't ready. Look at this. You got you're knocking this out of the park. All right, a few more. This is uh, this is actually this may be one of my favorite songs of yours, if not my favorite. Okay. If you don't take moments to be yourself, you'll spend your life being someone else. Think of all those feelings that you never felt. It's more than okay to ask for help. That song is lightning yep. from uh, Today oh, was a Today good, was a good day. Uh, yep. 2019, which feels like last year again. Um, again, a great song. Thank all right, you. moving on. Uh, man, you're doing good. You said you you were not ready for this. Look at I this. was worried, and now I'm like, <laughs> uh, I did write these. So. Yeah, if, if anything, I'm making you rethink your set list whenever you come back. Maybe I'm just making that out for you. Here we go. Okay. I'd spend a lifetime in the living dead with you, and we'd spend our weekdays howling at the moon, and I'd put up with your twisted attitude, and we hate each other. You and I, it's paradise. I feel like when I le read these lyrics, I'm like, I'm reading a lullaby. Like, all right, time to go to sleep, kid. And I'm just yeah. reading these lyrics because it del it's delivered on just a whole different perspective as opposed to you singing it. Sorry. Anyway, what's the song? <laughs> Modern day Frankenstein yep. from I oh. Hope You Don't Mind Me Writing. 2017. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way. Like now I'm, I'm reading. I don't know if you've ever heard lyrics being delivered this way before. Not really. I mean, yeah. they, they, sound, they, they have a different... Uh, movement which is really interesting yeah it, it is interesting because I, I again it shows a whole different perspective also shows the growth in your in your lyrics from just the, how impressive your whole catalog is all right just a couple more let's go places no one knows no one goes tell me things no one knows i look at you just the way you like so you'll know what you'll do with me tonight and no one's ever made me feel this way that's why i want to tell you every day why are you blushing? <laughs> because I wrote that song when I was like 15. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Top Room at the Zoo. What's the song? Yeah, Butterflies. Yeah. How do you feel when you hear that, hear that lyric? It's, it's but, just, yeah. That song is also on Join the Club. I mean, there's a couple of like duplicate songs from yeah. those two records. I, I love it. And it's actually a big fan favorite. But to me, it's so early Lucy. Like it is baby Lucy in terms of songwriting i mean it's a great song for somebody that age to have written but i guess when you when i look back i just think i mean think about this if, if i could just take these lyrics i mean as i'm reading this i'm just realizing i could take these lyrics and plug it into i don't know choices i feel like it would just it would be long again i i think that just shows the growth of your you know just your songwriting it's, it's very impressive to see that all right two more i promise here we go you're, you're doing good. You're like moving their laptop around. You're like, you're like adjusting yourself on the I'm very, I'm very competitive. <laughs> this is good. All right. I'll admit that I, that I could look fitter. I might get jealous, but I'll never be a quitter. Stumble on your heels while I do up my shoelace. I might be a bitch, but I'll never be two faces. That's uh, Paper Dreams. Yeah, from Top Room. It's Top Room, right? Top Room at the top, Zoo? Top Room at the Zoo. It was also yeah. on Drone. Yeah, another one. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I also wrote that when I was very young. Yeah. <laughs> it has hey, you, you got to you got to bring that back. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. All right, here we go. Last one. This is more recent. 
I wrote a song that got me out of there, the town that looks much better in the rearview mirror. I could hear them singing as I disappeared. It broke my heart. Yeah, it broke my heart. Uh, love is the best revenge which yeah. was on today was a good day <laughs> that's the last song Lucy I'm going to give you another round of applause here <laughs> you, did, you got every song right you were worried that you were not going to get this right this was amazing and obviously with these questions you know that they would be like if you did get a song wrong you would have to go a hostess level higher so you actually you did pretty well oh, I would have stayed on mild <laughs> wouldn't I I can't even eat that stuff anymore. I don't know, but we'll see. Like, obviously, when we do this in person, we'll we'll uh, we'll put that to the test. But Lucy, this has been again such an honor. Do you have any last words, any shout outs, anything you want to plug in about you know just the new record going forward, just for the fans and listeners who are tuning in? Just, um, anybody that's even taken a look on my social media or streamed a song or watched a video or left me a comment, like I appreciate your support in whichever form it comes in more than you could ever possibly imagine especially in a time like this so thank you so much everybody no thank you from the bottom of my heart uh stick around for one minute after the interview just real quick everyone who's listening this is lucy spragan choices comes out february 26th on cooking vinyl if you can buy the merch buy the record it helps out the artist like it i mean it's easier said than done i mean i can't preach that any more than i want you know i can't express that enough because it really helps the artist. I still have a stack of records in the corner of my room that I still buy. I still buy records. So, and, you know, buy we the record. really cool splatter records as well. So ah, there we go. Hey, if that doesn't buy you in, I don't know what does. And, you know, you can listen to this podcast on interviewonfire.com on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on Amazon now. I just figured that out. Interview, interview on fire is on Amazon now. So you can search us up anywhere. And Lucy, again, thank you again. Stay healthy out there. Uh, hope to see you in person. Come to Texas. We're gonna you're gonna have a really great warm welcome here, and I look to hear that song from Texas and eat a lot of barbecue. <laughs> yes. Thank you. If I'm gonna be someone that I believe in, if I'm gonna be someone the people like, I've had all the time I need to think it over. I gotta be sober. All right. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.com.